Hey, what's going on out there, guys? This is DJ Garcia, your town treasurer. How are you? Hey, good. This is Deb Mortwit, your deputy treasurer. And this is uh, before the checks are signed. Yeah. Believe it or not, it's been quite a while since we've actually recorded after the checks are signed, but we figured let's jump right in and do a guest. Oh, we love guests, don't we? We do. So we're here at uh, in, in downtown Wilton on Main Street at our moderator, Bill Keefe, is here with us. How are you, Bill? Good morning, Deb. Good morning, DJ. Good morning. So we're really appreciative of you hosting us, first of all, and being a guest on our podcast. Uh, so what we basically discuss is just ultra-local things, and you, to us, are an ultra-local guy. So, you know, you've been in this town a really long time. Uh, you have connections to the town hall with previous selectmen, with previous town attorneys with your sister. I mean, there's there's a long list of why Bill Keefe should be on this podcast. Don't you agree, Deb? I agree, but can we address this sweet table that we are sitting at? It is. How long has this been here, Bill? This was my dad's old desk. It's an old accountant's table. It was designed in the days when people had the giant black ledgers, huh. and it was designed so you could have two accountants sitting on opposite sides. I think Charles Dickens right it speaks a christmas speaks to us charles dickens and and i know none of you listening can see it but it kind of slopes a little bit towards both sides so it makes it easier to write on i mean it's an awesome desk yeah Uh, and uh, that would assume if it's your father's that it's got to be at least 50 years old right oh he bought it well used well used so we could be sitting at a desk older than all of us put together for all i know sweet Anyways, we are here. This is before the checks are signed. Thank you all so much for listening, and thank you, Bill, for being here. So we're just going to kick right off, and I would like to offer you the floor to say anything that's popping off your mind right now. Introduce yourself. Say something. Wise words. Go for it. Well, good good morning. The big news uh, this morning is, of course, we're looking at town meeting on Thursday night. It's going to be, as far as I know, the first open-air town meeting. Historical. And it'll be the first town meeting where bringing your own bug dope is a really good idea. <laughs> and chair. And chair. And chair. There will be no snow dates, I promise. <laughs> and fortunately, the long-range weather forecast is looking like it's going to be a lovely Beautiful. evening. Whether we had to do it this way or not, I don't know. We made the decision back in February. We started talking about it in January. And the pandemic was pretty bad then. The death, daily death toll in New Hampshire was relatively high. Uh, and so I think we made a prudent decision to move it to June. We could have gone forward, but many of the veterans, the people who turn out mm-hmm. for town meeting, were making it pretty clear that they were not going to show up in a closed room with a mm-hmm. hundred other people yeah. for two, three, four hours. And I think ultimately that's what nudged the select board to make that decision to move, because right. I think two out of the three of them were pretty pro having it at the regular right. date. And I understand the, their desire to get it done. Yeah. Back then, um, most people had not been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most people had not been fully vaccinated. Even those of us over an age that shall not be mentioned <laughs> uh, had not had not gotten had just had gotten our first shots. I th- I think we made the right call. And it was it it as the moderator, it was your call, correct? It was my call, ultimately, if I decided it was a matter of public safety. Uh I could have overridden them, 
that's not the way we do things right. in this town. We try right. to do it collaboratively. Yep. We, you know, by agreement and consensus, and that's the way to do it. I didn't want to fight with the select select board. And that's how it's been done for you yeah. over decades now, yeah. right? Because you've been a moderator for how long? This is my 13th or 14th year. Wow. So, and then is there any prerequisites to being a moderator that any challenger to you should know? No, it's it's an elected position. Anybody can run for it. I was appointed moderator when one of the selectmen, Dick Rockwood, uh, was elected to the select. He was the former moderator, and mm-hmm. he was elected to the select board. Of course, it's an incompatible office, so I, I, I put in, I said, I'd like to do it. I'd been on the budget committee for 20-some-odd years, which is pretty good background. Yeah. Sort of, you know, deep throat was right. I mean, you follow mm-hmm. the money. So the position came up, and I, I was interested, and it was time, change is good. Yeah. And so I put in for it, and I've been doing it, uh, been doing it since. There's really no prerequisites. You just have to live in Wilton. Do you find that as, as an attorney that that lends itself well to being a moderator? I think so. It's not required. I know a lot of moderators in New Hampshire uh, are attorneys. There's a lot of law involved, you know, particularly not so much with town meeting, but certainly with the election law, certainly this year with election law. Uh, so I think a knowledge of the of the statutes is is pretty handy. And, but and but anybody of, can do it. Kind of knowing how to manage people and what the next appropriate thing to say and do is. Yeah, right? I think it's it's a it's people skills to a yeah. large extent. Yeah. So somebody who's been involved in town affairs for a long time has picked up enough of the budgetary laws and election laws that they could. They could step into the shoes pretty easily. And I'm glad that you brought up, too, the election side of things because the moderator also plays a role during uh, local and national elections, too, right? Probably 90% of my work as moderator is doing elections, huh. particularly this year. Remember, we had yeah. we had four elections <laughs> in 2020 in the age of COVID, yeah. and it was it was exciting. The rules changed continually. There was great confusion at the state level throughout the process. Yeah. And separate ballot areas, you know, for those that wanted to mask and those that didn't want to mask. There, It was very interesting. <laughs> and speaking of the historical nature of this year, our election this year was historical because it was the first time Wilton ever hand counted. You know, in, in the hundreds of years that we are, I'm sorry, didn't, not hand counted. Didn't. I apologize. Right. I'm not entirely happy with it, but the one thing we realized early on was that, uh, particularly for the state and uh, the primary and national elections, we did not want to be hand counting yeah. ballots where you get 20, 30 people in in a room sitting close to one another, touching paper. It seemed like a risk we didn't need to take, and there was some federal money mm-hmm. available to pay for a, a, a used uh, counting machine. The machine we use is a it's called AccuVote. It's a piece of eight, 1980s technology. They don't make them anymore. You have to buy them used. The parts aren't are limited availability. But they're a very simple process. You can see where they were once had some internet connectivity. All of that has been ripped out, so they, they're not connected to anything, and they're just plain optical scanners. And we get paper ballots. Yeah. So if we think there's a problem, we can hand count, mm-hmm. yeah. and we have done that. Mm-hmm. And so do you Do you think that moving forward we'll continue to use the machines to count? I, I don't know the answer to that. No. Um, 
I would personally like to go back. It is a big job. We're about the largest hand count town in the state. Hmm. So we're right on the verge of where it starts to become impossible. What's made it possible so far is we've had great volunteers yeah. uh, to show up and count, even boring, you know, like state yeah. primary. You're looking elections. at two of them right here. We've yeah. been at every one. So. And, and we have people who are really good, and it's kind of a good party scene, it's, <laughs> and it's interesting. I wish we could get more of the kids up there. I, yeah. mean, I think every high school senior should be sentenced to mm-hmm. count, counting ballots and <laughs> see what democracy civics. is really like. Yeah. their civics lessons, yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's painfully um, counting counting paper ballots and maybe even getting a paper cut from a ballot that has your candidate on it. <laughs> but it was kind of fun, and people had a high degree of confidence in the machine. Yeah. I mean, you probably have heard in the news that there was a problem over at Wyndham with the hand count, and the problem didn't change any of the election results, but there was a big surprise. There were 300 or more uh, ballots undercounted for the Republican candidates. Um, this became has become sort of a national issue. They sure. just finished the audit of that uh, within the last week or two, and it turns out it was a pretty simple thing. Wyndham apparently had their own folding machine for ballots. These these are ballots printed on fairly heavy stock paper. The simple solution would be just to use eight and a half by eleven mailers and not yep. fold them. Mm-hmm. However, there's no money to pay the extra postage for that. And uh, the suggestions that we do that were vetoed. Wyndham had their own folding machines, and they were folding them slightly off. So uh, this is according to the results of the audit, so that you would get increases through uh, some of the Republican candidates. It just Hmm. depended where in the ballot your name was. And that was causing, that caused the undercount or overcount Mm -hmm. of certain rate of that one race. Very interesting. I think the machine is pretty pretty accurate. We, we've hand-counted a couple races when they're really too close to call. You know, if you're off by two or three, you just really need to mm-hmm. go hand-count because you're going to yeah. get a request for a recount anyways. Yeah, mm-hmm. and with a name like AccuCount, it better be pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, but the, the, but it's it's not quite the same as, as the traditional method. I yeah. Sort of miss the... That was always something. I brought my son to a few of them just to get him involved right. in the process. I've always felt that it was part of Wilton. You know, to me, it felt like part of what we did here. Yeah. So it, It's satisfying in the sense that you get results very quickly. In terms of my time, at least, it's almost more time with the new machines than just the old method because what the public doesn't see is that before we use the machines, we do test counts Mm. uh, in the days before. So we'll run 100, 200 ballots through the the machine uh, to, to make sure it it's counting accurately. Hmm. We, and we create the ballots just by random, and then we hand count them, and then we compare them and feed them in all four ways, upward, upside down, right side up, bottom first, top first. And if we don't get good results from the test, we don't, you know, we don't use it. So it's, it's, it's a lot of work to get those things ready. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, I, I think we should just go back to hand counting them. That would be way easier. Yeah. Coming back to our town meeting um, this Thursday, bring your chair, bring your bug spray, bring your children, we will be voting on warrant articles. Right. And I know that at any point, someone can request a ballot on those, which is just the little colored slip kind of thing, Right. which you either circle yes or no, and then put it in the ballot box. You don't tear off yes or no. Mm. That was... 
I made that mistake. Yeah. My That's first she's year. from Iowa. You have to bear with her. They don't do it that way out yeah, there. Yeah, we don't do it that way. <laughs> we don't have town meeting out there. So what is the importance that you feel for me, the citizen who doesn't come to select board meetings on Monday night? I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to do that. Wink, wink, because DJ and I do that a lot. But there are people that, that aren't involved in that but I believe it's important for them to come on Thursday night. What's different about town meeting? Town meeting is about as close to pure democracy as you get. It's direct participation. It is any citizen's right to stand up and say, particularly with regard to money, we're spending too much, we're spending too little. And not only that, this is I move to increase this or I move to decrease that. We listen to everybody, and I think everybody gets a pretty fair shot at voicing their opinion. Sometimes it can be a little frustrating that people don't voice their opinion more. We'll pass five $5 billion budgets with nary a question. Yeah. It's one of the colorful aspects of town meeting that people tend to focus on some of the small things that you would think would be just a routine matter, the yeah. purchase of a, of a truck for a particular department or some minor appropriation, and we'll spend an hour, two hours on that, yeah. and, but nary a question on a $5 million budget. Yeah. So they can they – can look at a budget line and decrease that or increase that, can they actually talk about other things? Is there a place for public comments or does it need to be within those warrant articles? Yes and no. The uh, I follow the warrant articles. Otherwise, it quickly descends into chaos. Now, if you get into if you're t going into the main budget article, which is the first thing we'll deal with, you can kind of raise almost any issue you want if it's involved spending and 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 raise it that way the other way to raise issues is other uh, under other business at the end of the evening okay um, and we'll listen to pretty much anything there if somebody has a beef about a particular aspect of how the town's being run that's i think that's fair game mm. they we're not going to go back and revisit the budget to address it uh but it's that's how you do it. Because so, at town meeting, that's the assembling of the legislative body. That's the us. actual decision that's makers, us. the people who fund the town itself they and what fund, we do. They fund the town. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's the, it's the money. It's the boss. You know, yeah. if it's a small business. The owners are there and we're making buying decisions at that night. Yeah. Right. I mean, there are some limits on the legislative body. Mm. So for, uh, I mean, the best example, if somebody votes to uh, cut the fire department budget by $1,000, the select board can and has the authority to make that up from other sources. Sure. And in a $5.2 million budget, there's there's a little bit of play there. Sure. So there's usually some money. And you know that from years involved in the budget committee um, right process for, right. that you've been through. But the select board has it does have the authority to move funds from one account to another. Yeah. Now, the only difference is if somebody zeroes out an appropriation, because we're a municipal budget act town, that no means no. Mm. That is, uh, if the select board wants to buy a new a photocopier, and that's in the main budget, um, and the voters zero that out, then they don't have the authority to buy that new copier. 
Hmm. And is that if it's a warrant article or just a line item in the budget? If they zero out, if they, uh, you have to pass a, a budget. Oh, sure. Okay. Uh, but if they zero out a particular line item, then, as I say, uh, no means no. Hmm. So then the select board would have no authorities under their purchasing power, which I believe is $5,000. Is that correct? Before they need to really kind of assemble the legislative body to get the vote for that, or is it more? They, than that? they, there's a little bit more loose looseness in in the way it works. I mean, if the if there's nothing in the budget and the select select board decides that they want to buy something, they they generally are given a certain amount of discretion in that, and things come up in the course of a year. Uh, sure, you know, repairs run over, uh, a vehicle dies. Now, if they want to go make a major capital purchase, then they, that's different. Or the heating system fails, and then we have to have a special town meeting during a delayed town meeting period in order to get that approved. Yeah, that was the uh, town meeting in the park. Yes. And uh, there they uh, they just needed uh, authority to spend the money from the capital reserve fund, which they hadn't had. That pretty much, I think, answers Deb's questions about what can happen on the town meeting floor. I have a follow-up to town meeting and the floor of it. I would love for you to share with us a situation that stands out to you over the 13 years. You don't have to name names. Maybe the people who were involved might hear this, but if you could just share with us either a crazy story, an unbelievable one, one that was talked about until next town meeting, I would love to hear one of those stories. Well, I think the best part of town meeting is some of the individuals. I don't have a particular story. I, okay. th I think Wilton residents really know town meeting. The people who show up, at least, pretty are pretty familiar with it, and they're pretty respectful. Sure. I can't remember having, having to have anyone ejected from the meeting, which is fairly frequent occurrence in other towns. But some of the characters every year would stand up and have the same things. And unfortunately, some of them have, you know, have moved on. Yeah. And are missing, and I occasionally find myself looking up, looking for a particular person on a particular issue who Aww. I knew would have something usually quite pithy yeah. and colorful to say. I fear the meetings have become a little bit more too bland, almost. Yeah. So you'd like a little bit more say. You want it to be the event of the year. It is. It is a citizens' opportunity to express themselves, and I like that when they do. Huh. Now, if it's you know, if it's eleven thirty at night, I like it a little bit less. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, it was one year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen a couple. Well, I'm gonna re I'm gonna remember that, and at this town meeting, I'm gonna make sure that I'm colorful. Woohoo! <laughs> well, you you would you as I recall got up at last year's meeting, <laughs> and I think you said something like, I, "I really don't have anything to say, but I just want to wipe the microphone down." <laughs> <That's> so funny. <laughs> that well, is true. I did that. And and last year, all the warrant articles were passed, including the one that I spoke against, which was my little stipend. And I'm like going, this is ridiculous. Mm. Our deputy treasurer does not need a stipend. And and they voted. It's like, well, it's not about you, Deb. About It's about deputy treasurers yeah. going forward. I'm In not the going, future. yeah, they don't need it either. Yeah. <laughs> not the hundred. Is it a hundred dollars? hundred dollars. Yeah, it's a hundred dollars. Yeah. I mean. Don't spend it all in one yeah. place. That's your tax rebate check. Yeah. That's what I call. That's what I call the stipends because I get one as a treasurer too, which was also increased last yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, and I and I recall, you know, standing up and saying, while I appreciate the vote of confidence from the voters and the select board, I'm not doing this to get an extra four hundred dollars than what I got last year. Yeah. 
I do this because I care about the town, and I think you do as well. And I think, Deb, you're here with us today because you also care and you show up to the select board meetings because the three of us, and I think that's kind of how we select people to be guests on this podcast, is folks that have shown that they are committed to the town of Wilton and the future of it and the building of it. And you're obviously one of those guys. So thank you for everything that you've done well, thank you. Welcome. over all these years. Um, you know, I, I have spent time with you over all the years because now I've been involved in the town locally, for, you know, politically, at least for almost six years. And you've been yeah. one of the regular people that has been there. So, you know, with that being said, you know, I think that we would love to, you know, have you share any other thing about your your personal life, you know, what you do, uh, why, you know, I guess we, we spoke a little bit before we started, you know, because you're an attorney. Uh, and you're one of the last standing attorneys in Wilton, as far as I can see. Um, I think you've been at this location maybe as long as you've been a practicing attorney. Is that I, true? I have. So, I mean, you're you're in the heart of Wilton. You you staked your claim here decades ago. Um, and and just you know, let the listeners or us know, you know, what holds what holds you here? Like why why Wilton? Why law? Why here? Why law is the easy one. I mean, it's sort of in my blood. I'm mm. the son of a lawyer who was the son of a lawyer. O'Keefe has been practicing law since 1895. Wow. It just runs—I'm not quite sure why. Maybe it's we grew up talking about contracts. I knew what an account receivable was when I was seven. I mean, it was—it's <laughs> it, just uh, its kind of the nature of the beast. I, I'm here because uh, my father had been Sanders— Associates Corporate Council, and uh, he decided to strike out on his own in 1978, bought uh, a practice by a guy who had worked for him at Sanders named Ken Scott. I graduated from law school a year uh, later, took a year off, and I decided I wanted to come back and practice in a town with with uh, with my father. Hmm. We did that for about 20 years together. So and that was here? That was here. So wow. I, that, was, that was about 41 years ago when I came back. Wow. Wow. And uh, I've been here ever since. There were there were more attorneys then, actually. When, sure. I, when I started, there were five of us. Uh, Charlie Sullivan had his two sons, Will and Dave. There was my father and myself, and uh, I'm the last, hmm. which, of course, makes me the best. <laughs> uh, by default. By, by default. The survivor. Uh, <laughs> so, so, you know, here we are, and I'm joined by uh, Amanda Cheney, who uh, worked for my dad. So I've been here 41 years. Uh, she's actually been here longer, and she's you know, just amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. She can do almost anything. She's very detail-oriented and common sense, and it's been, it's been a good practice. That's amazing. I mean, to, to be here, I mean, just, you know, now that I'm in this room and I look around and yeah. hearing that story, it feels different already. Sitting at this table that was your father's, which we already discussed, yeah. you know, seeing, looking out this window and thinking, wow, you know, 41 years ago, what it looked like out this window with you with your father. I mean, it's, it's pretty impressive, you know, I mean, and to, to, to have you just continue it on like that for this community, you know, again, thank you. That's really yeah. all I can say. Yeah, I, I didn't grow I didn't grow up in Wilton, but my, my first exposure to Wilton was actually I worked a couple months uh, at Sohegan Wood Products in, uh, you know, in 1974 yeah. down, there. down there. For Randy? Did for, he own for, it then? Uh, it was for Randy Myers, who was oh, okay. Randy Dunn's grandfather. I remember one day having lunch on the banking across the road and sitting up there. And of course, the, this building was here in a different form at those days. Kind of, it's one of those weird oh. remembrances thinking, you know, here I am 
close to 50 years later. Yeah. Back again. Yeah, so. and and so that same window that I'm pointing to, looking out, you yeah. were sitting over there. 50 we sat years up ago on the looking in. We, we would sit up there on a hot summer day. We'd yeah. sit up there on the banking, having our lunch because it was a nice place. And yeah. this, it seems to me that that's how this town works: is that it's grandparents and grandchildren right. and their children that continue the town going. Yep, and it, it it is. I mean, there's a good sense of community here, and yeah. we actually we have lots of new people who who come and they go, and that that kind of gives us a good mix. But I think the the institutional memory that some of the people have been around a long time is important. And I think that that, you know, kind of leads us politically as well. You know, I mean, because a lot of the people that have sat in those high ranking seats in this town have been grandchildren and grandparents sure. and people who built this town. It's uh, I think it's important at least to have yeah. one or at least a select board member who is uh, who has that kind of institutional memory? Yeah, uh, because mm-hmm. a lot of what they face has come up before. Mm-hmm. This very little new under the sun. Well, and and what I hear in the in the last four years, our select board saying is, um, we are not just making this decision now, which my little hundred dollar stipend. We're making this for future decision right. for future select boards, and and. At our town meeting, our citizens are making this for future generations. A a simple little thing of where importance is, what gets tucked behind. You know, our services is something that has been, takes up significant amount of our payroll, our our emergency services, you know. So so it, it kind of... It, it's kind of a growing thing, but my desire is to get more people to town meeting. Right. I have, which is why I wanted to do this interview and, and for us to get that on Facebook because I'm talking to one person right now who's going to be coming to her first right. town meeting. And I, you know, I just, I like want to give a gift to everyone who's there for their first meeting. So, I don't know. Maybe we can come up with some checks or something. I mean, most people fear the unknown, I think. And this just takes away the teeth from something that seems so overbearing, you know, from my perspective. I mean, if I was out, I remember the first time that I decided, okay, I need to go and get involved with the town. I was so nervous to walk into that room. I didn't know what to expect, who was going to be there. I knew nothing. So taking away the teeth, I think, from, from this process just gets more people, you know, easier involved. Right. So we, we we don't bite. We make it we make it pretty easy to to uh, to, to participate, and uh, you have to be a little bit brave enough to get up and s- want to speak at the microphone. But people, unless they say something really stupid, <laughs> are, uh, you know, they're well received. Everybody yeah. has a has a viewpoint, and uh, there might be some moans and groans and claps and cheers. Yeah. And... Right. I mean, there's some things that probably just will never happen. I mean. Somebody once suggested, I recall, that uh, maybe we just should build a new town hall, and that that, that really didn't yeah. go over. Bury very the well. phone lines so they're not on Main Street. Yeah. Some of that's not going to happen. Yeah. As I recall, it would have been a half million or something. Big oh, money. It's yes. not worth it. Just just for this, it uh, it didn't get done. the 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 interesting thing about town meeting is it's very humbling. Mm. In the back of my my minute, uh, I keep I have a sort of a script for each meeting. And in the back, I keep the warrant from 1775. <gasps> there were three meetings that year. But there, you know, 
we're part of a long tradition. We're back, you know, 260 some odd years. And not only are they raising money to, for the roads, but this same meeting that we're the heirs of was raising uh, money for the militia to send off uh, after Concord and Lexington. Wow. Uh, these, these were brave. These were serious people. Yeah. Anyone who complains about the mosquitoes Thursday night <laughs> needs to keep that in mind. Yeah. Thank we're you. not asking them to take up arms you know, against the British regulars. Thank yeah. you. We are asking them to show up, though. Yeah. They need, they need to show up and let us know what they think. We have... I have one last really important question. <laughs> I already know what it is. Everybody gets this one. What is your favorite pen? Whoa. Is it the one that writes? That's what a lot of people say. That's a good answer, yeah. <laughs> I, I I like big chunky fat ones. pens. I, I like big say. chunky pens. Yeah. I like blue ink because I know what I've actually signed Legal. and what's not a photocopy. Well, ah, at least of us huh. photocopiers are getting I right. never oh. thought of that. Yeah. That was, I mean, that was kind of. It's a great answer. It's a great answer. Yeah. <laughs> we, both of us are partial to these type here, the the, yeah. the Pentel gel ink. Not not partial. We're kind of nerdy about it. A little it. bit. I have them in every folder that I use. It's it's it, It's weird. Uh, so, I mean, that, that pretty much gets us to, I think where we wanted to be. Uh, so I would like to, again, thank you for all your years of service to this town, uh, for being one of the standing businesses. And when you've watched, you know, this main street struggle decade after decade and year after year, you continue. Uh, and that speaks a lot, you know, for me as a business owner in this town too, to see that you've been able to persevere that long yeah. is motivating for me. So um, I think that, you know, the, the information that you've shared here today is going to be great for people who are interested in town politics, in town meeting, what's a warrant article, what's a moderator. I mean, a lot of those questions got answered here today. What they, what they can do. Yeah. And I mean, because some people just, you know, don't take the time to figure it out. So just to hear it very easily. That's why I love podcasts and things like this, because it's so easy to consume. You just sit back, you can zone out, you can do yard work and just listen yeah. and learn yeah. so much. So um, I appreciate, you know, you taking the time for us today, hosting us in your office, sharing the stories you did. Some of them were personal, some of them weren't. And we appreciated all of them. And um, I would love to just give you one more opportunity to close out this episode and say anything you'd like. Well, the one thing I'd say is Thursday night, be there or don't complain. Yes, um, very well. If <laughs> the, the, the bottom line is the voters get to decide. I understand that sometimes people get busy on Thursday nights, uh, but usually, unless you have a really good excuse, if you don't show up, if you think your taxes are too high and you don't show up and vote no, it's sort of your decision that yeah. you're affirming what other voters have done. And maybe that's the strength of our system, that people are satisfied mm -hmm. with the town, mm -hmm. way the town is being run and the mm -hmm. appropriations. Uh, but if you don't feel that way, then this is your opportunity. Yeah. Hmm. Well, thank you for saying that. Uh, and, you know, I think that the only other thing we have to finish with is just to say that there's no taxpayer dollars that None. we're using the production of this. This is it was all just DJ. our time. Bill donated his yes. time today. Uh, so we appreciate that. And this is uh, before the checks are signed, where we interview local superstars like yourself. Uh, and we appreciate you taking the time. And we thank you all so much for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Okay, bye-bye. All righty. Bye-bye now. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Bill.